And it's time for the Kings of Pod Wrestling. And of course, the Kings of Pod Wrestling are myself, Pasty White, and the voluptuous Fat Mac. Bazuma! Yes. We're fucking back. Another week, another pod, another beef to stick in your odd hole. I like putting it in the odd hole. It's way better than the even hole. The even hole just gets so boring after a while. <laughs> the even hole is for married folks. Married folks put it in the even hole. <laughs> we single dogs like to put it in the odd hole. That odd hole. Get you some strange. Every now and then I'll put it in the square root too. I mean, that's when I'm feeling really frisky. I Get that lowest wow. common denominator. Damn right. <laughs> that's when I go out to the bar. I look for the lowest common denominator. That's how I find my women. It's all based on mathematics, folks. Yes, it is. Mathematics. Mathematics. <laughs> Is that Dropping when you knowledge. is that when you and Brad Maddox tag team page together? Dude, remember we signed a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement for this? You're not <laughs> supposed to bring that up. Well, it's okay. I'm not being signed with WWE anyway, right? Well, you know, I heard rumors you were, and then Samoa Joe told me you weren't, and now I don't know. I'm lost in limbo. Well, I haven't heard back from the company, so I don't know. Talking about interviews, I listened to that uh, Undertaker interview with Reverend uh, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Yeah. Um. Oh, my God. The Undertaker is the worst interview in the fucking world. <laughs> like, this guy can cut a killer promo. He cannot talk. <laughs> he just sits there like... Well, yeah, Taker can talk. Mark cannot <laughs> No, he's like it's like it's like Hulk Hogan well, and his ten inch penis. The thing about you know Vince, er, you know Vince really has, er, Vince has an eye. You know, well, you know Vince has an eye. You've met Vince. He, he actually er, has two eyes. Vince, Vince has an eye for talent, and well, you know, it's like really. Uh, I was like, oh my God, I couldn't, I couldn't fit. I tried to watch it and I got 10 minutes in and I was like, I cannot listen to this shit. Undertaker, awesome promo. Mark Calloway cannot fucking interview. He doesn't know how to be in character as Mark Calloway. That's, I think that's the problem. I think it's because he spent 30 years not talking to people as Mark. Right. You know, he always stayed in character. I would love to see what it's like to have just a regular conversation with him in real life without microphones in front. I bet it's still just as awkward. I was going to say, it sounds from this like it's super boring. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, It probably is. Um, I think, Pacey, we need to warn the folks right off the bat. This may end up being a long episode. Yes, it may. It, uh, It started out as a long episode, and then I got to thinking, you know... If we time this right and just shoot through everything and don't bullshit, we can get it in time. And then I then I got aware of some extra news that's going to take up a good chunk of time. And I was like, fuck, all bets are off. Right. Uh, so we might as well spend time on the Super Showdown results. We might as well spend time on the news notes and rumors. 
Folks, Bound for Glory is this Sunday. I have a feeling what we're going to do is end up just posting it um, through text on the social media sites, and you'll get to see who we voted for and and who, who we think's going to win. Hell, maybe I'll whip up a nice infographic for you guys. Yeah, so, so we'll see. I doubt we'll do that on the air, even though I really planned on mm. it. But there's just so much shit to talk about. But first is is a new thing that we're starting that we're branching off with other podcasters because, you know, in this world of mom and pop shops, in this world of self-promotion, in, in this world of small business, when, Pacey, I only have you to lean against and you only have I to lean against, you try to find other people that are looking for places to lean. Right. It helps to be a tripod. And by a tripod, I mean you gotta have a big PP. By PP, I mean podcast partner. Yes. Yes. Our big PP this week is Matt Blake and the crew from Whiskey Boy Radio, a comedy variety show from Fort Worth, Texas, featuring local music, jokes, games, interviews, news, and have even featured the Ayatollah of rock and roller, Chris Jericho. Yes. You can check them out at WhiskeyBoyRadio.com and find them on Facebook, iTunes, and Instagram. They do a live weekly show on Spreaker with video feed on Facebook Watch. And you can listen to their catalog of more than 300 episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Give them a like and a listen, and let them know that B-Sticks Podcast sent you. Yes, folks, you gotta support our friends, our sponsors, our local podcasters. Give them a listen. Visit their page. Let them know that we sent you. The more they know that we sent you, the more they're going to be in tune with us, the more they're going to help us out. This is all about scratching each other's backs. And I got some itchy shit on my back, man. Yes. So with that being said, I'm, I'm going to jump into... You're gonna jump. Breaking you're just news. gonna jump into some stuff right now. I'm gonna jump into some shit, man. But I haven't what? even announced the new thing. What? Well, announce your thing. I announce the thing, announce and that is thing. Cloudstyle Broadcasting has a new presence on Twitter. That's right. Search at Cloudstyle CST and check it out. Your one-stop shop on Twitter to keep up with everything going on inside cloud style broadcasting and our various shows yow yow <laughs> and don't forget if you want to exclusively talk to beef sticks that's on twitter at at beef csb yes you can also go to uh, facebook.com forward slash beef sticks podcast yes indeed we hope to see you there and you can check out beefstickspodcast at gmail.com to email us directly or cloudstylebroadcasting at gmail.com. And let me tell you, folks, in the upcoming months, we're going to be looking for more co-hosts, interviews, and sponsors. So use those emails. Get on a show. Join the Brotherhood of Beefsticks. The Brotherhood of Beef Sticks. And if you want to be a patriarch of the Brotherhood, which sounds incestuous and it kind of is, <laughs> feel free feel free to go to patreon.com forward slash cloud style and join us on Patreon. 
We are going to be putting out new content very soon. Get bonus <laughs> features and just help us grow. Help us improve what we're already doing for you. Mm-hmm. You can also do that by checking out GoFundMe.com. Put in the search bar Cloud Style Broadcasting. Yes, yes. Any way for you to give your dollars to us is much obliged. Yes, feel free to just throw it in a dirty envelope, slap a stamp on it, and send it to 123 Fake Street, (laughs) Springfield, Minnesota, United States of America, 51234. There you go. Somebody's going to get that money. It won't be us. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. No, I intend on going onto the Patreon one of these days soon, too, and completely rehashing everything uh, as I sit here and I... Do more on the social media, and I, I'm thinking constantly of more things we can do to benefit the product over there as well. I just haven't gotten around to it. We'll get around to it, and it'll be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of extra shit we got coming for y'all in the in the, in the the immediate future and also in the, the extended future. I mean, fuck, we're 19 episodes away from 100, man. That's crazy. Yes, we're 19 episodes in, folks. Tomorrow is our 20th episode. (laughs) I mean, we're 19 episodes away from 100 is what I meant. Next week (laughs) is our 82nd episode. There you go. 82, and we're coming for you. So what you gonna do, brother, when you cut on Beef Sticks Podcast and it's episode 82? It's gonna be a big one, folks. 10 inches. Hopefully not as big as this one. Right. Um, and with that being said, we should hop into the news. We should. And the big right after I announced got... to the folks that happy beef anniversary to you, Fat Mac. Five years, Facebook friends. Aww. Aww. Facebook made us a whole nice video. Told us how many groups we're in together. <laughs> That's about all it said. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's weird because I don't know how they decide who gets those and who don't because, like, I never got one for you, but I'll get ones from random other people mm-hmm. and then I'll see ones that post them for me and it's like, i never seen that for me. I don't know how they do that. How do they do that? I don't know. What's I don't, their, I don't understand. algorithm? I don't understand Facebook at all. I actually, right now, today, I had complaints from musician friends from uh, Ohio and they were Ohio, charged... Man for Facebook promotions that they never put out. Yeah. Facebook is just one of these big giant conglomerates that can just do what the fuck they want. And it's basically like, if you don't like it, don't use us, Mm. but you're basically fucked if you don't use them, you know? So what are you drinking on this week? Fat Mac. I am drinking on tomato champagne without the champagne i'm drinking on straight v8 straight v8 straight v8 straight v8 baby all right but it's uh it's delicious and nutritious and it's one of the few things you can actually say that about without being sarcastic right right (laughs) don't get that v8 splash though No, I don't play with the V8 Splash. What, what are you sipping on? I'm sipping on a nice red can of Sam's Cola Mighty Fine. It's delicious and nutritious. I don't buy that for <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Mac. I know you're biting at the chomp to get into the pressing news of the week. 
And I so am. let me kick us off with this pressing news. This week, Shaggy Too Dope attempted to dropkick Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit <laughs> off the stage at a music festival. <laughs> that's that's what you wanted to talk about, right? That was the big news <laughs> of the week. It was literally the worst dropkick I've ever seen attempted. I've seen it from he different came, angles, man. And before the feet would have connected the head, the security had Shaggy oh under the armpits. Oh, my gosh. I watched it at every angle. The motherfucker completely missed, and he started falling, and then security jumped on him. They never got close. He jumped and kicked before <laughs> he even got close to the son of a bitch. Watch it. There's about five angles out there. There's no... There's no video where he even looks like he's getting close to touching the son of a bitch. Oh, he he was real close to touching him. He just didn't extend those legs. They were still bent <laughs> at like a 90 degree angle. In fact, um, Sheiky Baby, the Iron Sheik, even got into this. I don't know if you heard about this. Yes, I did. Sheiky Baby put out a, a tweet saying, The Shaggy Too Dope, you are a good man, but your dropkick is fucking drizzling shit. Even worse than the Brian Blair. Also, DJ Lethal is my brother. I don't like to see my brothers fight, Bubba. Um, so even it. the Iron Sheik told Shaggy Too Dope it was pathetic. God, what are we going to do when that man's no longer with us and giving us these golden tweets every fucking week? I'm going to cry. It's going to be sad. I'm going to cry. I know I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I'll probably tell it on, on the day we report his death. But my favorite story of Iron Sheik is when he was in the gym and he's working out and Vince McMahon comes in and he said, Sheik! And Sheik said, yes, Bubba, what, what you want, Bubba, sir? Yes. And he says, Sheik, you've tested positive for cocaine. And Sheik looked at him and said, yes, thank you very much, Bubba. I am so proud, Bubba. Yes, thank you, Bubba. <laughs> Fucking no, Sheik. You're not proud. It's it's a bad thing. <laughs> oh, that's always... I, anytime I think of the Sheik, I think of that story right off the bat. Oh, Vince yeah. proceeded to do a couple lines with him right after the fact anyway. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I am sure. But I, that always makes me think of that. And that's, and that's how I'll always remember the Sheik. Oh, yeah. That's how I'll, I will always remember him. What a mustache that man had, too. Dapper Dan would be proud. Dapper Dan, he'd give you a facial for seven bucks, pasty. Yes, he would. He'd give anybody a facial for seven dollars. Seven dollars. Good old Dapper Dan. The don't sponsor who doesn't out. know he sponsors us. Over, don't forget to check out 212 and a half West Lincoln Avenue. You know it's Dapper good when Dan's. you get that extra half in there. Oh, yeah, that half makes all the difference. <laughs> that, half, that half makes all the difference. He'll give you a neck shave for five bucks. He'll massage your head for seven bucks. That half-step address is the whole reason he gets past city sanctions and is allowed to give out $7 facials. Oh, they can't find the son of a bitch. <laughs> they, go from, they go from 212 West Lincoln Avenue to 214 West Lincoln Avenue and don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. It's just like catching the train to Hogwarts. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I used to get laid in high school, so I guess that's why I don't know. I honestly uh, don't know what that means. Is there a half thing involved in that? Yeah, yeah. At the train station, it was like, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a certain and a half 
train thing, oh. and they had to run at a cement pillar in order to go through the pillar and go to the they had actual... They to run into a cement pillar? Yes. Of course, Some it was an illusion, fish. which is kind of weird because, you know, it's a train station. You Wouldn't some normal person lean up against that pillar at some point in time and fall through? Yeah, you know, I feel like the shock master would just bust right <laughs> through that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, we posted a lot this week on the on the Shaggy Two Dope Fred Durst incident, which I won't be surprised at all if it comes out that if it's just a it work. was it was a work. Yeah, just oh just, yeah, because they're all washed up. Both groups are washed up. They, yeah, they can headline festivals on their own respective stages, but. Ain't nobody care about ICP and ain't nobody care about Limp Bizkit right now, which sucks because I love is, them both. But this is literally the most relevant they've been mm-hmm. in a decade. Kirsten's like, how does that pertain to wrestling? <laughs> I'm like, what? All the way around. ICP are big in the wrestling and, community. And Limp and Bizkit. Fred Durst has done a lot, including Undertaker's, Pasty White's favorite Undertaker entrance. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we really should get on to some actual serious news that actually has huge implications, not just on WWE folks, on the United States government and could have implications on you personally. This is a story that I have not seen really promoted in a lot of w- or a lot of wrestling dirt sheets or, or websites. Um, a couple places I've seen a little mention of it. But this is real fucking huge shit, folks. And this, what I'm going to read you is an excerpt. It's a long excerpt, but it's completely from the Washington Post. This isn't kayfabe news. This isn't SE Scoops. This isn't Dave Meltzer. This isn't uh, Wade Keller. This is real journalism, like authentic shit. So a Washington Post journalist and vocal anti-crown jewel advocate, Jamal Khashoggi, was a prominent critic of the Saudi government and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Muhammad bin Salam in particular. Muhammad bin Salam ordered an operation to lure Washington Post columnist Khashoggi back to Saudi Arabia hey, from his home Hey, don't get us hit by the, by the Emirates. It's Salman. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to be okay. stirring up any beef here. <laughs> um... So they tried to lure him from Virginia, which included lucrative job offers, government seats, and flat-out bribes of money, gold, and women, according to U.S. intelligent inserts from Saudi officials discussing the plan. Now, folks, this man here, Jamal Khashoggi, who is a working journalist for the Washington Post, is a dual citizen. He is both a citizen of Saudi Arabia, where he was born and raised, and he is also a citizen of the United States, where he currently works. The intelligence described by U.S. officials familiar with it is another piece of evidence implicating the Saudi regime to Shikogi's disappearance last week after he entered the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Planning on getting a marriage certificate for he and his fiancée to be wed in their native Middle East, he handed his soon-to-be betrothed his phone with a phone number already selected, and he told her if he didn't come out, to make the call. Now she thought this was an overdramatization and paranoia on his part, but she kept the phone nonetheless. Pasty, 
Khashoggi never came out. No? No. But fear not, because Saudi Arabian officials have publicly said he did come out. She just missed him. <laughs> she just she It's just easy to do. Didn't, she didn't see him come out from the consulate <laughs> with their marriage license. <laughs> just missed him. You know. Um this this is true, folks. I'm not making this shit up. This isn't one of our bits. I, this is literally from the Washington Post, folks. Turkish officials say that Saudi security team lay in wait for the journalist and killed him. Several of Khashoggi's friends said that over the past four months, senior Saudi officials close to the crown prince had called Khashoggi to offer him protection and even a high-level job working for the government, as we talked before, if he would return. Khashoggi, however, was skeptical of the offers and told one friend that the Saudi government would never make good on the promises not to harm him. Quote, he said, are you kidding me? I don't trust them one bit. He told um, Safuri, an, Amer- an Arab-American political advocate, recounting a conversation that he had in May, moments after Khashoggi had revealed a call from Saud al-Qatani, I hope I'm saying that right, who is an advisor to the royal court. The intelligence pointing to a plan to detain Khashoggi in Saudi Arabia has fueled speculation by officials and analysis in multiple countries that what transpired at the consulate was a backup plan to capture Khashoggi that may have gone wrong. A former U.S. intelligence official who, like others who spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss the sensitive matter, noted that the details of the operation which involved sending two teams totaling 15 men with, quote, large suitcases in two private aircrafts arriving and departing Turkey at different times bore the hallmarks of a rendition in which someone is extra-legally removed from one country and deposited for interrogation in another. In other words, kidnapped. It's a very fancy way of saying kidnapped. Turkish officials have concluded that whatever the intent of the operation, Khashoggi was killed inside the consulate. Now, remember, he was in Turkey in Istanbul when this happened, so it's under their jurisdiction. Right. Investigators have not found his body, but Turkish officials have released video surveillance footage of Khashoggi entering the consulate on the afternoon of October 2nd. There is no footage that shows him leaving. Contrary to what the Saudi Republic says. Well, yeah, you missed him. You weren't looking in the ground beef. Just missed him. The intelligence about Saudi Arabia's earlier plans to detain Khashoggi have raised questions, though, about whether the Trump administration, yes, folks, we're getting Trump brought into this, whether the Trump administration should have warned the journalists he may be in danger. Now, intelligence agencies have what's called a duty to warn for people who might be kidnapped, seriously injured, or killed, According to a directive signed in 2015, the obligation applies regardless of whether the person is a U.S. citizen. But Khashoggi was a U.S. citizen, as I reported earlier. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence, which oversees the warning process, declined to comment on whether Khashoggi had been contacted, but administration officials have not commented on the intelligence reports that showed a Saudi plan to lure Khashoggi. It was not clear to officials with knowledge of the intelligence whether the Saudis discussed actually harming Khashoggi as part of the plan to detain him in Saudi Arabia. 
but the intelligence had been decimated throughout the U.S. government and was contained in reports that are routinely available to people working on U.S. policy towards Saudi Arabia or related issues, one U.S. official would be said. The intelligence possesses a political problem for the Trump administration. Oh shit, it gets deeper, pasty. This is right up your conspiracy fucking alley. Fuck man. yeah. I knew you would love this shit. So it only gets fucking deeper, okay, for the Trump administration because it implicates Mohammed, who is particularly close to Jared Kushner, President Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor. Dun, dun, dun. Oh shit. On Wednesday, Kushner and National Security Advisor John Bolton spoke by phone with the Crown Prince, but White House officials said the Saudis provided little information. Trump has grown frustrated, two officials said, after initially reacting slowly to Chicago's disappearance. Surprise there. Earlier this week, he said he had no information about what happened to the journalists, but White House officials have begun discussing how to force Saudi Arabia to provide answers and what punishment could be meted out if the government there is found responsible. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill have reacted harshly on the disappearance. On Wednesday, a bipartisan group of senators asked Trump to impose sanctions on anyone found responsible for Khashoggi's disappearance, including Saudi labors. Pasty, those sanctions could actually prevent WWE from going over there and performing a live show. Oh yeah, they could. So, that was a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo. That was a lot to recite. I know it kind of sounded boring, but this is real fucking huge news, folks. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? But what are your first thoughts, Pasty, on this whole, I mean, just this whole thing in general? Give me, give me kind of your perspective on this. Well, to me, I think it's funny because the government was offering him bribes of money, gold, and women just to go there, which is kind of what they're doing with WWE in a sense, right? <laughs> Actually, it is. My first thoughts was that was what uh, W or not. W, that's what USA did with Snowden. Right. We trying, Come back, Snowden. We're not going to do anything. In fact, we'll give you your job back. We'll we'll put you on security console. Just just come into America where we can arrest you. Just do it. Just do it, baby. I promise I'll never hurt you again. But no, that is that's exactly what Saudi Arabia is doing with WWE. You are right. Which is kind of, it's, it's crazy, because if this is the case, and they lured Khashoggi in and killed him, I mean, who's to say, you know, the third, fourth, fifth time WWE sends superstars over there for an event, that it's not a mass murder in itself? We know the Middle East likes to pull power cards like that, and they don't like America as much as they would pretend to, to get WWE and entertainers in the building. I wonder I wonder what it would look I never thought of this he said this but I wonder what it would look like to the average American citizen if Saudi Arabia held John Cena, Triple H, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker hostage. It would be the biggest crisis in American history. I mean like would it or is that just or is that just <laughs> wrestling fans? No, I'm I'm seriously like right now I'm wondering like Well, I mean how how John Cena is a national go? treasure. That he is. <laughs> that he is. I mean, well, okay, they wouldn't take ja uh, John Cena because Jackie Chan would come and rescue him. In <laughs> right, right, right. With his wacky antics. 
Um, well, I mean, John Cena is a force to be reckoned with with his lightning punch. Fuck. Oh my god. We'll what get, a we will, we what will a get move into of that, doom. Trust me. <laughs> um. So there's a few things. Uh, obviously, there's actually there's a shit ton of things, but we only have so much time, pasty. So let's let's talk on a few things that that relate to WWE in particular. Number one. This is a huge fucking black eye on Saudi Arabia, which, as you kind of pointed out, is a um, um, presumed black eye. There, there isn't 100% evidence that we know of that anything actually happened. Right. So this is alleged. I mean, so they the did say his wife is, just missed him, so... You know, and you know how women be shopping. <laughs> right. Women, Women be shopping. <laughs> Like a fucking nineties. She misplaced the phone. She never got his call. <laughs> um. So the first question I have is: Does WWE dare give up the money they're getting for this to move the show to someplace abroad? Not abroad. Unabroad. Um. Local. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Not abroad. Anyways. <laughs> um. To to move the show. So first of all, they're going to lose all the money they're getting from Saudi Arabia. They're going to have to spend money to put together a show. Now let's assume they push it back from Friday to Sunday. That gives them about two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. We all know it's Vince McMahon. WWE can do it, but it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of persuasion. Um, In my mind, one would guess... You have Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement. You got Undertaker. You got the big four guys in the main event. It's still going to sell well, if not sell out. So you're still going to sell your tickets. My guess is. Right. You're not going to be able to pay Shawn Michaels as much money as he wanted to come back in the first place. You're you're going to pay him, but it's going to cost you. You're not yeah. going to make that money up. Yeah. I'm assuming he already has a, a contract drawn. And I don't know. What kind of a team player is Michaels? Maybe well, that's just the thing, too. If WWE already has a contract drawn, what are the odds Vince McMahon is just going to try to get it grandfathered in and still hold it anyway? So, And if yeah, that's the so case, what about Kane? Well, you, you're jumping ahead. I know. But, but for sure. But for sure. So first of all, what are the odds that WWE just decides... This isn't worth the bad PR. This is bullshit. This is putting a bad smudge on Trump and I Trump and I love Trump. He's a WWE fucking Hall of Famer. We can't have him looking bad. Let's just stay at home. What are the odds WWE does that? They do it at the White House. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, seriously. Like, like, what do you think? Again, it, it's going right. to cost them a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, is it worth is it worth the positive PR to give up the cash? God, if you're Vince McMahon, I don't fucking um, know what you're thinking right now. Yeah, Honestly, I, I think I think he'll he'll move mountains to try to make this thing go through, just so he can get the money that he's probably already got spent on the XFL. You know what I mean? Okay, so then the offhand, the follow up question to that is what you already brought up. What about a man who's already in politics, a man who is the governor of Knox County, home of Knoxville, Tennessee, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. the Big Red Machine, a.k.a. the Devil's Favorite Demon, a.k.a. Corporate, a.k.a. Kane. <laughs> Does this guy, like, just fuck all of his constituents and all of his fucking, the members of, of, of his county? 
and just say, well, I'm still going to a place, even though that there's an active and open investigation on whether they murdered a U.S. citizen by assassination. Maybe he goes in under the guise of investigating this. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Inspector Clouseau Kane. <laughs> you know what? They could have, um, they could have the amazing, amazingly talented Will Ferrell and the a spaciously contempt John C. Riley come in and tie it in to the great historical movie that is going to be Holmes and Watson. There you go. And just make it a whole fucking tie-in. There you go. And then Kane gets a spot in their movie as well. It right? can work can well for there. everybody. He can, he can be right along there with fucking uh, good old Bonesaw McGraw's fucking... Which, by by the way, I have read in other things that allegedly these guys bought a bone saw and it automatically made me think of Bonesaw McGraw from Spider-Man. But so, okay, I guess it didn't really say that in this in this article. But the the allegation here is that they murdered him, cut him up, split him up into all of those large cases that yeah, were mentioned. Yeah. yeah, went to multiple countries. And spread his body around multiple countries so that he'll never get found. I, I, That's that, I, I didn't nuts. talk about that, and that isn't in this this Washington Post, but I have read that because I've, I've been into this. As soon as I found out about this, I was like, oh, shit, I got into this. That's the implication with the large suitcases is that they cut him up into multiple pieces and put him into multiple countries, assuming none of which, which is just fucking are Turkey nuts. This or is Saudi 2018. Arabia. You're telling me you can get... 18 suitcases or more with body parts in them onto a plane without questions being arised. They're being pri- they're a person aircrafts. from the Middle East. They're private aircrafts and they're in oh, Turkey. Okay. Everybody's okay. from Middle East. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're private aircraft. And who says they left in private aircrafts? They could have left in caravans. Right. You know what I mean? This is straight Dexter shit. Yeah, it is. No, it's beyond Dexter shit. I've never heard of anybody scattering somebody's body all across Earth. <laughs> right? That it's... is some hardcore supervillain shit. So, it fuck yeah, it is. So that moves us to the next thing. Okay, if there's sanctions put in place, um, WWE will not break, break sanctions. I, I can't imagine You can't that see Vince all. to pull treason for and money? <laughs> I, Part of me well, says I, I can. <laughs> Maybe I could, but I honestly think he's... He's just going to completely hoping, relocate the company to Saudi Arabia. I, I, I think he's hoping that sanctions happen so that he doesn't have to make the choice. He'll take Linda so that, and Trump with him. <laughs> I believe Vince wants sanctions to come in place, and he, he has to cancel, and he can look at the fucking prince and the king and said, It was Trump! It wasn't me. It was Trump all along, Austin. <laughs> and just and just kick some dust over on his good buddy Trump over there, you know. I tried to talk to my wife Linda and she wouldn't listen. You know how women be shopping. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? He was like, I planned on coming over and bringing Yokozuna and the Ultimate Warrior, but that damn Linda had to listen to Trump. Vince causes World War Three. I could see. You know what? If World War Three would happen, he's one of the first people I would assume would cause right, that shit. Right. 
This is, um, God, we've gone over a half hour. I don't know how much we have to say on this, but this is fucking huge. It is fucking huge. And (laughs) man, this is going to keep coming up in the upcoming weeks too. I hope it does because I haven't heard shit about it. Nobody's talking about this shit. You don't see it on on the YouTube channels. You don't see it on the dirt sheets. You don't see it. It's too real. Like how come people are talking about this? Isn't isn't that what you want though? I guess that's to me in the world of professional professional wrestling journalism. I don't think so. Because this motherfucker, this this Jamal Khashoggi. In his Washington posts, since the first Greatest Royal Rumble and on through this one, has been very vocal about how he's been against WWE going over here and doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not why the Saudi government <laughs> yes, killed it him. Is. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. That's not why, but just the fact that that's part of his thing should be a huge point for us as wrestling fans to step back and say, holy shit, yeah, this is... This is worse than them not them them just not liking Sasha Banks being on a commercial in their fucking government, right. which they threw a fit about last time. This is more than that. This is these motherfuckers are literal fucking savages. I hate to use that term as a Native American, but these are fucking savages. It's a it's a rough place over there. That's for sure. Uh, so who who was it who had ties to Trump's son? Son-in-law. Um, his son. Well, his son-in-law, the 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 prince. Oh. The prince Muhammad bin Salam, the guy that that killed this motherfucker allegedly. Uh-huh. He is the one. Uh, let me let me get to where I am. And if that's the case, it says it says um, it um implicates Muhammad El Salam, who is particularly close to Jared Kushner who is President Trump's son-in-law and the senior advisor. So not only is he personally connected to Trump, but he's professionally connected to the president. Well, that's that that puts a whole nother layer of fuckery on top of all of this. Oh, because fuck if it doesn't. He wasn't, <laughs> Khashoggi wasn't informed of the potential threat against him Allegedly, when he should have yeah. been. And if Trump's son-in-law is rubbing elbows with the crown prince... Which you know that month you could see oh, fucking yeah. all the Trump family yeah. just hanging out with them sons of bitches. And, and I mean, we Woo! all know Trump Hold doesn't give a fuck about our political gold. allies. He's got his own allies, you know, with the allegations yeah. of him using Russia to fudge the election in the first place. Oh, and did you hear what he said about <clears throat> Kim Jong-un? What? This son of a bitch. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but this is almost exactly what he said. We met... We talked and we fell in love. Him and I love each other. He did use the word fell in love and we love each other. I know that for 100%. We fell in love. We love each other. The guy is great. We really, we love each other. Uh He used the term fell in love and we love each other twice talking about i'm not bullshitting you throw that in your fucking youtube machine about trump just look up trump kim jong-un and in love this motherfucker said they fell in love and they love each other this motherfucker that's kim jong-un now so what are the odds about this prince what are the odds the trump administration doesn't impose any sanctions because he's got some kind of an ally with him you know we know he's got allies with russia 
you know, it. The odds are sadly good that he doesn't impose sanctions. I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't. And he doesn't care which way this goes. Either it all blows over and nobody cares, or this sparks war and it brings money into the American government. Right. War is always profitable mm-hmm. for America. I'm after since since World War Two. They fucking learned in World War Two. And I mean World War Two we almost went bankrupt from war. After that, every war has been profitable. I don't know how they did it. But it's fucking worked, and it's disgusting. And I mean, this may sound left of me to say, but Trump has put some things in place to kind of take away our democracy and kind of make this more of a dictatorship. Say it ain't so. It's, uh... I hate getting into politics on this show. It's not where I want to be. But holy shit, the things that are going on right now God, it's it's uh, somebody it's, needs to invent a time machine just so we can take a snapshot of now and go back two years ago. <laughs> you know, honestly, it, it, I say this a hundred percent, and then break the time machine. Truthfully. Break the time machine. Don't use it for anything else <laughs> but to fix all of this. Don't don't bring back the almanac. <laughs> Biff will be. Biff it's will too be. late for that. That's what happened. Somebody brought back the almanac, and Trump got in charge. It's it's sad. No, um, uh. I just I don't. I honest. I got I got into the almanac thing. I don't remember what I was. Gonna God, say. you're gonna get me going down some other shit. I I'm sure you heard of it. The uh the whole. Um, Back to the Future predicted 9-11 and all the tie-ins to 9-11 oh, with yeah, Back to the yeah. Future. That is some crazy shit. And we don't got time to talk about it tonight, but I implore you, look into that. That is... Wow. <laughs> okay, Pasty, I think... I, I think I got the, the, the Donald Trump thing. All right. Uh-huh. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. All right. Sorry, folks. It's going to be a little awkward because it's going to be through my speaker because I didn't have this prepared ahead of time. And we'll go back and forth. And then we fell in love. Okay? No, really. He wrote me beautiful letters. And they're great letters. We fell in love. But you know what? Now they'll make, they'll say, Donald Trump said they fell in love. How horrible. How horrible is that? <laughs> so unpresidential. And I always tell you, it's so easy to be presidential, but instead of having 10,000 people outside trying to get into this packed arena, we'd have about 200 people standing right there. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know how well that came out. Um, no, it sounded good. Well, it, it sounded good. But Donald Trump talked about <laughs> him and Kim Jong-un. They fell in love and they wrote letters. And they were wonderful letters. Oh my God! We fell in love on the sweethearts. shores of Lake Wasabi, <laughs> Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> he ran his fingers through my hair. I just, I just. The whole place smelled of cherry blossoms as we consummated our love. I just don't know what's going on. I just don't know what's going on. My penis was huge. <laughs> My hands may have been tiny, but my penis was huge. Especially in my huge tiny hands. Within my hands. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, at least 
at least with fucking, uh, at least with Clinton, at least with Bush Jr., at least you knew what the right. fuck was going on. Yeah. You maybe didn't like it. You maybe didn't agree with it. But it's like this motherfucker every other day he's coming out with random shit like, oh, we met with Kim Jong-un. Oh, we, read, we wrote love letters and fell in love. Where the fuck did this happen from, <laughs> Trump? What the fuck? That is not what we sent you over there for. This was not the deal, man. Yeah, I don't know. And Bush Jr. was stupid, but he was smarter than to pull this shit. You know... He just choked on a pretzel. Finished his daddy's war. <laughs> That's to be expected. Yeah. What I think the difference is... I think the difference is I think Bush was ignorant. I don't think he was stupid. I think he was ignorant. Yeah. I don't think he knew any better. I think he had dreams of grandeur and wanted to be the savior of society. I think Trump is stupid <laughs> and he does stupid things and he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a reason. There's not a reason why he's French kissing Kim Jong-un. There's not a reason for it. He just does it. I'm telling you, adopting their policies, changing America, making it great again. Tell you what. Um, we we got to get moving, Pasty. Do we We're have 45, to? We have to. We're at the 45-minute mark and we need to talk about the debacle that was the super showdown. The super letdown. My God. My my unholy Joe in heaven. This thing put me to sleep three times and I still haven't finished watching it. I just Same I gave to, up hope. <laughs> I really did. Same to me, but I, I did finish watching it. I fell asleep the first time. I fell asleep twice. Um, and then I stopped and I slept and I and I woke up and a little bit later on after I did other things, I watched a portion of it, then I stopped. Got my bearings, and then I watched the end of it. So I took three sessions to watch the full thing. Um, and it was, to be fair, well, it was bad. It was bad. But some of it wasn't horrible. Yeah. But it really just dragged. There was nothing exciting other than a, a handful of things, yeah. I guess. I, and I guess we can get to that. Yeah. Start talking about exciting things that kept you up. How about the very... Okay, there was no pre-show. Let's mention right. that. No, well, I mean, there's no pre-show on a house show. Yeah, right. That's true. God, we got into that so today, had... too. <laughs> yeah, we did. It was, it was kind of It's funny. not a house show. It's a network special. It was an argument over nothing because they're literally the same thing. Yeah. But I, but I just wanted to keep going because I had time. I've never seen a house show on the WWE Network before. Didn't you just watch Super Showdown? <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> you motherfucker. You watch the Super Showdown? You you seen the, um, uh, what was the one with Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe? The Thrilla in Tokyo or whatever the fuck it was? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, you, you remember what I'm yeah. talking about, though, yeah. right? They had a Japanese show with, uh, with Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe. Mm -hmm. Remember that one? Yep. That was there. Yeah, there's a fucking ton of them. To be fair, again, like I told him, go and check out, um... Um, missing gem or what is it? Uh, forgotten gems, Hid hidden gems, hidden gems is like fifty percent house shows. They're all on the network. And then he's like, "Oh, but they didn't air them live." You stupid son of a bitch! They didn't have the network <laughs> right, then. Right, right. Oh my god, you stupid <laughs> son of a bitch! It is cool they that honestly... they taped it though and had had it backlogged in the library oh, it, for future use. It's great they did that, and obviously they felt it was important enough to air it. Yeah. But they didn't have an avenue to air it live. So what was it? It was a glorified house show. 
And that's all these are. That is that as soon as they had the opportunity to air it, and some of them they would put on VHSs, and some of them they didn't. But that's fine. But nonetheless, they are a house show. We're going to have like, to go wait. back and tag the guy in this episode. <laughs> I'll tag his mom right in the butthole. The the odd hole? In the odd the odd hole. Maybe even the fucking square root. You don't know. We'll see, we'll see how this night goes. <laughs> Uh, first match of the night, SmackDown Tag Team Titles. The New Day, represented by Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, defeated The Bar in a jam-packed, thrill-seeking, fun-fucking match and a great way to start the show. Oh, yeah. In in my opinion. Don't know what your opinion is. No, I liked it. For it being the, the one match I probably paid the most attention to. <laughs> <coughs> it was definitely fast-paced. I was... Uh, Kind of surprised to see that that Big E wasn't defending in this match because it's the bar, you know. If it was the Usos, I could see Kofi and Xavier, but with the bar, right. I, I feel I felt like you'd want to bring out the the heavy hitter. But Kofi and Xavier definitely held their own. Oh yeah, Big E was was too busy handing out pancakes. Of course, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do that. No, they didn't. They should have fucking did that. Should have made a pre-show just for that segment. Again. Again, it's a house show. There were no pre pre taped segments. Right. None. That I well House show. I don't I don't think there was. Right. I'm not gonna lie. Um once I fell asleep and then got back on, I fucking fast forwarded <laughs> from end of match to beginning of match for everything. <laughs> so anything that happened in between any entrance other than the main event, I fucking skipped. Wasn't gonna have it, wasn't gonna have it. Um, this ended in a really cool, maybe new finisher. I'm again not gonna lie, Pasty. I didn't watch Raw or SmackDown this week. Me either. I, I was close. Like I was ass. real close. I heard. I heard really good things about Raw this I week. I actually had Raw good on. About SmackDown. I had Raw on at one point. I was just gonna listen to it background noise. You know, while I putz around on the computer, work on the show. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and then and then Kirsten woke up, and I'm like, eh, you can watch whatever you want to. I don't really care. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. But um but they came up with this move where I believe it's I believe it was Kofi did what you would call a uh, lumbar check or maybe a backstabber where you anyways you do the knees to the back. Yeah. And then Xavier Woods did the double foot stomp off the top rope onto him while he's still on uh Kofi's knees. So that was a really cool finisher. They got the one, two, three with that. Uh, don't I, I believe that's new. It's new-ish at least, whether it's brand new. I liked it. Looked cool. It's something that uh, maybe they could do with Big E. He could do the lumbar check, I guess. But um, it was neat. Um, Pacey, I'm not gonna lie. I was watching this show, and as I was going and I was falling asleep, I was like, "Oh fuck, I lost to Pasty big time." <laughs> so with this first with this first match. You you ran away with the lead. You picked New Day, I picked the bar. Pasty White has one point. Next up, we had Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Lynch defending her SmackDown women's title. This match was average. Um, I liked the finish, and nobody else seemed to like the finish, Pasty. Do you, do you remember the finish, or do you like the finish? Um, 
I don't know that I remember the fish. What happened was Charlotte Charlotte put Becky in a figure eight. What what what? No, oh, let me start over. What happened was Becky was losing. She rolled out of the ring, grabbed her title as a heel would do, started walking away. Mm-hmm. Charlotte grabbed her, threw her back in the ring. Then Charlotte fought her for a little bit, put her in a figure eight, and Becky was reaching for the ropes, but the belt that she started to walk away with was now ringside on the apron, and she grabbed the belt and started whipping Charlotte with the belt furiously, and the ref called for the bell. So Charlotte Flair technically won, but Becky Lynch remains champion. All right. It was a average match, I thought, which I, again, I liked the ending and a lot of people did. Better than the match, I, I felt like was Becky Lynch's Twitter post shortly after the match. Keep me off of your uh, posters and promos. Keep me out of your videos and off your pay-per-views. And these people put me on their walls as she's standing in front of graffiti art, a whole wall dedicated to right? Becky Lynch. It was fucking awesome. Mm, that's it's great because it's her standing against them trying to push her as a heel when obviously she's loved and, by the people. And and so many people were booing Charlotte yeah. and they were chanting Becky, Becky. Mm-hmm. You could hear it every time she was doing something. Becky, Becky. Um, they're really not doing nothing right with this. But with that being said, Pacey and I both thought Becky would win. Obviously, she did keep her championship, which is what we both expected. But Charlotte took the win, so nobody got a point on that. Next up, we had Jonathan Cena versus Bobathan Lashley. No, John Cena and Bobby Lashley. Oh, yeah, and, sorry, not versus, and Bobby Lashley. Conspicuous by his absence, Leo Rush. Apparently, he was not worth the plane ticket to Australia. He was supposed to be there? Well, he's Bobby Lashley's manager. He's been with him on every match the last month or so. I guess I haven't noticed. Oh, I've heard lots of good things about hmm. that. Yeah, that's Bobby Lashley's new manager is Leo Rush. Cool. So, But he was not there. He was not worth a plane ticket. Fuck you, Leo, basically. Good to know the cruiserweights make good managers. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, that's that's what it is. There's <laughs> fucking uh, um, Drake, Maverick, and Leo Rush. Um, anyways, they defeated Elias and Kevin Owens. Uh, very just, uh, Bobby Lashley was in the match the entire... Took all the punishment. Yeah, this match lasted 10 minutes and 5 seconds. Bobby Lashley was in there for 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. He made the tag. John Cena did his, uh, um, attitude adjustment. And then... What Cole described as, and I fucking love this, his sixth move of doom. <laughs> I, I fucking love that Cole literally yeah. said that. Yep. That that made my fucking day. I popped for that. From what I heard, I didn't really pay attention, but from what I heard, John Cena went through all five moves of doom before unleashing the sixth one. Um, he, he might have. He might have. In quick succession. But John Cena was unable did, to take was, bumps in this yeah. match due to his movie contract with the one and yes. only Jackie Chan. Yeah, he did not take any bumps. He did his sixth move of doom, which, by the way, folks, in case you're wondering, is a karate pose followed by a closed fist punch. Right. It's like a four-inch punch. 
So, for anybody who's ever followed pro wrestling ever in your life, a closed fist punch is an illegal move that you are not allowed to do. I don't feel the refs should be able to count a pin after he uses that move. Well, I mean, isn't WWE a little bit more loose with the punch? Um, obviously, Whereas, like in New Japan, um, Ring of Honor, show, you're going to have open hand slaps. Big Show used the weapons of mass destruction, which I had the same problem against. Mm-hmm. But in WWE, when people are punching somebody with a closed fist, the refs go, hey, 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 open fist, hey, open fist. Like, yeah, but the only way you're going to dis- get disqualified is if you keep doing it. Whereas if you can do it once, I think it's overlooked. But I, I get that. So what's the difference with just hitting somebody with a low blow and then pinning them? Uh, nuts. What's the difference? Testicles. What's the difference? It's more sensitive. What's the difference? It's not PG. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference with choking somebody until they pass out? Um, That's a submission. What's the difference with hitting them with a fucking chair and then pinning them? That's a weapon. A choking them until they pass <laughs> out isn't a submission. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Ask Samoa Joe. No, it's not a <laughs> rear naked choke. And besides, most of their chokes <laughs> are chin locks and not chokes, so... No, they're not. They they block the flow of blood to the brain. Yeah. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Like, why does he have an illegal move as his finisher? Because he's John Cena. <clears throat> that's, yeah, it's stupid, but that's what And it it's is. only, and it's it looks only to promote this movie with stupid. Jackie Chan. He's, he'll probably well, never I, do it again. I don't believe that. I believe it's John Cena knowing that he's older and he needs to change his style, and this is a move he can hit. Anytime he wrestles and it doesn't uh, compromise his body. I suppose. He can't, he can't, you know, there's only so many more years he's going to be able to um, F you somebody or um, AA somebody. I mean, he's not going to be Flair's age fucking lifting Big Show up on his back or Brock Lesnar on his back and doing that. That's not going to happen. Right. I guess the five knuckle shuffle you can. But even as any of the old timers will tell you, just drop into the mat. The older you get, the more it wears on your body. I think this is him trying to come up with a move that he can use into his 60s. Because he's he's made it clear he doesn't want to leave WWE for Hollywood. He wants to do both simultaneously. Which you can't do because of insurance contracts. But I get what he's saying. Well, you can in between shoots when you don't have movies. Yeah. You can work for That's WWE. That's not simultaneously, though. Well, you, you know what I mean. Continuously, yeah. I guess, maybe would be a better word. <clears throat> no, I get it. Um, and, and, I mean, ooh. I guess I've seen worse finisher maneuvers. But yeah, five-knuckle shuffle. <laughs> right, right. It's just a modified five-knuckle shuffle where he doesn't have to drop to the ground. That, yeah, that's basically <laughs> what it is. And just a couple nights later, he was on Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and he did the move on Jimmy. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, they, not the, the sixth Jimmy move Fallon. of Doom was brought up. Seems so like, yeah, hey, I can show you it. Don't move. Don't move, or I will hurt you. I can do this with pinpoint accuracy, but if you move, you're going to get knocked out. <laughs> it was pretty good. Which it's allegedly like one of those like um, kill Bill mm-hmm. like pressure like, point like the moves. one inch punch allegedly yeah 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 it's like a, a pressure point move basically but you know what I've seen stupider in wrestling mm-hmm. 
I've just, I've also seen better. And with what Cena already has, to me, it's a step down. With the way John Cena was going around it. talking about it beforehand, because he was for like a month going around talking well, about it. All, like, oh, yeah, I've learned this new move. In, yeah, in, but we all seen it beforehand. We seen yeah. the, the house shows and shit. We knew what we were expecting. Yeah. I don't know. He should he should have picked up to me he should have picked up a submission. That's easy on your body and it looks good and like like Undertaker he picked up Hell's Gate late into his career. My my biggest problem with the move is the whole you got to cross your arms in front of your chest before you do it. So as soon as your oh, opponent oh, sees you cross oh. your arms in front of your chest wouldn't they be cued into the fact that they, oh I got to move. Well, that's no different than Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music. That's no different than um, Roman Reigns' ooh, oh. It's no different than uh, everybody doing the uh, DDT and slapping somebody's back right before they do it. It's no different than Dean Ambrose falling halfway between the top and bottom ropes and jumping. I mean, that's that's wrestling. Yeah. It's stupid because you are you are telling your opponent you're about to do this move. Even when they're down 99% of the time, you can hear that it's happening. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, look at Shawn Michaels. Somebody would be down in the other corner, not even facing him, and he'd start banging on the fucking mat. And it's like, you stupid fucker. You're just telling them what's happening. Why wouldn't they just roll out instead of getting up? Right. But No, I agree with you. In this day and age, it just looks stupid. Because you are portraying what you're going to do. Especially, it's worse when somebody's already standing mm -hmm. up to make them look like they're stupid. Yeah, I mean, if they're down, they could be groggy. They could not be aware of the situation. The vibrations yeah, wake them up. And yeah, that that's feasible. Yeah. But yeah, standing up, looking at you, like, while you cross your arms in front of your chest, less than a foot away from them. Uh, no. <laughs> Maybe if you no. eye gouged them first, that'd be a way to go about it. fuck is that next up we had hometown heroes billy k and peyton royce taking on oscar and naomi uh first of all pasty i did not know oscar and naomi were a tag team before this no i didn't either according to the announcers they've been a tag team i i will say i loved the entrance a lot of people thought it's stupid for oscar to be doing it i thought it fucking worked I thought it looked like your typical Japanese underground scene. It's something. What the fuck it's is something. their stupid name? I don't know that they have a name. Uh, I didn't hear a name. No, I didn't there's a name. name. It's the something glow. Oh, I, uh, what's Asuka? The, the Empress of Glow? I don't know. No, I, I don't know. <sighs> well, she's the Empress, right. so is it? Yeah, I don't know. Hang on. I, di I didn't hear her name. Like I said, I kind of, well, I skipped most of the things, but I, I know I did watch actually this intro because I did watch, because I found it weird that Asuka had like nothing that glowed other, other than half her hair. So when they had like everything off, all you could see is half of Asuka's hair moving and then all of fucking Naomi, which was kind of weird, but whatever. The Iconics won. They beat, uh, they pinned Naomi. The Iconics got one of the biggest pops of the night, which we kind of expected. Uh, part of me expected them to turn on Australia and be dicks, and they did Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just the glow and, and the Empress. That's their team name. 
Oh, so it's just them saying their two names <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah, but that's... Okay, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um, no, they, they actually didn't turn on uh, Australia, which I thought was cool. They talked about how great it was and how awesome it was. And this was not a good match at all, but it was fun. It was literally just over five minutes, less than six minutes. And it, it wasn't a good match, but I had fun watching it. I will say that. Yeah. Like, if you gave me a one out of ten rating, I'd say it was five. Because nothing great happened, but it was fun. Yeah, and I mean, the Iconics won in their hometown. Good for them. And for six minutes, I'll take that. As a six-minute match, bam! There were a couple other matches on here that I would have loved to have been six minutes. Right. So, bam! Daniel Bryan and The Miz being one of them. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's the truth. Next up, we had the uh, no DQ WWE title match: AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Uh, first of all, I was under the impression this was like a no DQ false count anywhere, and then it wasn't a false count anywhere. Yeah, so, it was just a no DQ. Not sure what happened there. Somewhere along the lines, they decided to switch it, but that wouldn't be the first time tonight they did that. Right. And the first the first thing that made me think of that was that AJ stopped before he even got to the ring and waited for Joe. Mm-hmm. And when Joe came out, they ran at each other. No, no, no. Great. Joe was down first and Joe stopped outside the ring and waited. And then AJ came down. They did the stare down thing and then got into it outside. No, the ring. no. AJ. No, came down first, Joe came down Joe... first. I watched it twice because yeah, I fell asleep AJ the came first down time first and, and, and waited for Joe. No, Joe came down first. Well. Either or, even though I'm right. No, you're wrong. Um, it doesn't and the matter fans will let you know there's at so facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast. There's so many times that people uh, have all these like big, deep personal rivalries. And then the first thing they do is a collar and elbow tie up and then uh, Irish whip and then a drop down uh-huh. and then a shoulder block and a hip toss. And it's like, how how much can you hate each other if you're just doing random wrestling mm-hmm. moves? You so know I how I know I'm cool, right, though? Then, because Styles is defending his championship, and the challenger always goes to the ring first. Unless. No, unless there is no it's unless. Triple H. No, unless it's Triple H. You know that for a fact. Okay. Triple H gets final billing, whether he's champion or not. Don't don't even try to act like that's not true. Okay. Um. But anyways. But no, you get that so often. These two guys went straight into just like, oh, I'm going to fucking whoop the shit out of you. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, then the referee said, the match can't start till they get in the ring. And I was like, it's a fucking false count anywhere. Who cares if they get in right. the ring? And then as they went, it turned into a no DQ, but not false. They they specifically even said, not a false count anywhere. Yep. And I was like, well, where the fuck did this AJ come had from? to haul Joe's fat ass back into the ring to get the finish. Yeah. Um, I, I will, in my opinion, Pacey, this is the best match they've had so far, Yeah, but somehow I still expected more. I'm very disappointed in the me? ending, the whole, I don't know, making Joe tap out. It should have been a submission match for starters. It should have. And I get that they sold that, that Joe's knee was weak and they're working on Joe's knee. But yeah, the fact that it was a definitive tap out on the Samoan submission machine Seems shitty. Um, do you know? Maybe we should look this up. It, do they have a match on um on Crown Royal? 
I'm calling it Crown Royal because you're gonna have to fucking be because you're gonna have to fucking be drunk on Crown right. Royal to even enjoy the fucking. Actually, shit. I think I think at that event is when Daniel Bryan's supposed to challenge for the title from AJ. So, so was this the end of AJ? I don't Joe? think so. I don't think so at all because I think the Daniel Bryan title challenge is going to end with interference from both the Miz and Samoa Joe going into SmackDown and then a tag team match between the four guys, and then it's going to lead into a fatal four-way where okay. the Miz will so probably pos- take the championship, and that'll further the Brian-Miz storyline until Mania, and then Joe and Styles will still keep their shit going. Okay, so possibly they still have a story going. Yeah. We- it's kind of ended, but it could continue. Yeah, but I mean, it's very I hope, I easy hope that, to see. I hope it continues. It's very easy to see Samoa Joe and The Miz getting involved in Daniel Bryan's attempt oh, at the championship. For, for sure it does, and I hope it does, because I don't want it to end this way. Right. I, I thought this was a horrible way for their blood feud yeah, It wouldn't end, make any sense honestly. for either feud to end here. Uh, uh Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that, but yeah, I agree. Um, so again, I I don't know how to I don't know how to say this. This was the best match they've had so far, but the most boring at the same time. In it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I don't think it was the most boring. I just think I was disappointed. Yeah. Okay. I I I, I get where you're coming from, though. It was a, it was a really good match, but the way the story is going, oh, Joe rang your doorbell. Ooh. I will I I will say one thing. They didn't do a lot with the no DQ. No. I know Joe Joe did one of his um Uranagis onto a chair and they did a couple things, yeah. but they they didn't do a lot with the no DQ. Right. Yeah, they could have did a lot I more think, than what they did, and I think they should have. You know what happened? You know what happened, don't you, Pacey? What? Triple H. Hey, we're gonna need to make ours no DQ because we can't really have a great match without no DQ. So, uh, Styles, Joe, I don't want you putting out any weapons. Yeah, it was Triple H shaking his big. Dumb. Oh, for sure. That's why That's Daniel. Bro- <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So let's let's move on then. We had um, the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey are team knockouts, as I like to call them. Taking on the Riot Squad, they ended up winning by submission when Ronda Rousey put both Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan in an armbar at the same time. Yes, indeed. This was a good match. They told I liked story the story. In this match, I liked the fact they? the Bellas weren't gonna let Rousey in. Um, ah, ha ha. Renee Young. Even when it was a I'm seeing where the people say Renee Young is a shitty announcer when she called Sarah Logan Liv Morgan. Well, but every announcer has done. I know, but you're the JR female announcer. Evolution's coming up. There, you're here for that. You should get the female superstars right. That's my opinion. Maybe to her, they're all just people, and she doesn't see them as the female superstars. <laughs> Maybe she just sucks at announcing. Maybe she can't handle the pressure of having Vince in her ear. Maybe not. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But this is showing the first cracks. I thought she did good. I thought this this match, actually, I thought they told a good Mm -hmm. story. I, I I followed the story from beginning 
to end. The only thing that I didn't like was actually from the announcers. And it was that they specifically said, Liv Morgan said that she had something special waiting for Brie Bella. <laughs> and they didn't do anything special between Liv Morgan and Brie Bella. Like nothing really happened. I didn't catch so the like, announcer well, saying that. That was kind of stupid. And you know what? To be fair, Pacey, I honestly think that that was uh, Renee Young that mentioned that. It was either her <laughs> or Cole. So I, I'll give you that. But that's the only thing I had to say against it. Otherwise, it was a 10-minute match. It was a six-person match. For a six-person match, only going 10 minutes. I thought it did its job. Mm-hmm. It put Ronda Rousey over. It uh, uh, Again, this match was only to promote Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey, yep. which I heard is now official. Yeah. I don't know what happened at, at Raw but some or SmackDown. I don't know because the Bellas are on They both. laid out Ronda Rousey. I know that much. But, oh, they attacked yeah. her? Oh, shit. I didn't hear that. I just heard that the match was on. I thought it was going to be like a mutual respect nope. thing. Wow. So they're heels? Yeah. Really? Yeah. With their, with, wow. With their uh, reality shows and everything mm-hmm. going on, they're heels, huh? Wow. I did not see that. I mean, they're heels That's on the reality WWE. show, too, seeing as John Cena and Nikki Bella have been seen together, and they're still playing it <laughs> off on the show like they're broken up. Ooh. I guess. Good, good for them. Good for them. I got nothing against that. No, and that, I like then. that because this was this be. match was set up to further the, the feud between Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey, but the Riot Squad still got over. Looked yeah. good. Yeah, they looked really yeah. good. Um, Ruby Riot especially. Looked really good. I liked this. It, it was good. Um, at this point, I guess we kind of forgot to go, but at this point, I started tearing away with the wins, which I didn't realize, Pasty, mm. to where now at this point, you had two and I had four. Yep. I doubled you at this point. And this is the point where I have nothing else to say about the pay-per-view because I slept through this last part twice. <laughs> um, The next match you're going to want to watch, it's the Cruiserweight title. Oh, I heard great things. Buddy Murphy versus uh, Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight title. Now, I've heard a ton of people say that this match was their favorite match of the night. I've heard a good amount of people say AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe was their favorite match of the night. My favorite match of the night was New Day versus The Bar, and I haven't heard anybody say that was their favorite <laughs> match of the night. So maybe I'm alone in that. And it, and it could have been that I was wore out and, and jumping in between that maybe I was out of it. I mean, sometimes when you take yourself out of it, it can change how you perceive a match. Right. It can. So I'm going to admit that right away. But Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander was a really good match. Um, This was your spot fest match. This was, I never want to hear another WWE employee say, I can't stand when people do finisher after finisher after finisher and kick out. Because... They did like a Spanish fly lumbar check and one other big ass fucking move from Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy still kicked out and they were just flip flopping all around. I liked it. It's the kind of match I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a lot of different types of match, but I really enjoyed this and I thought they put on a good show, but it's one of those things where WWE can't critique other companies that are doing what now they're copying here's another thing to let and you know that this was a house show and not a network special <laughs> 205 live guys right. seven match seventh match in the night exactly that would not happen you're not gonna see that in a paper right 
No, and you know, and this isn't this isn't Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander copying a style because this is how they do it. Right. This is WWE saying. Again, I'm I'm gonna go to your point, Pacey. This is a house show. Just go out and do what you want. If this was a pay per view, I want you on the pre show doing what we tell you to do. In less this than is half a house the time. show. Yeah, this is a house show. Go out and do your style if you mm-hmm. want. And they did it, and they won everybody over. Buddy Murphy ended up winning with Murphy's Law, which I did not expect. Uh, beat Cedric Alexander. I feel he's going to be a transitional champion, but I could also see him holding it for a while. I don't know what happens in 205 Live. I'm not going to lie. I, I have no idea. Only time will tell. I don't know. I didn't watch. But I did hear lots of good things about this match, and good ups on Buddy Murphy for getting me another point and winning the Cruiserweight title in his home country. It's a good match, but I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty jaded. I watch MLW, I watch Lucha Underground, I watch Impact, I watch New Japan, I watch Ring of Honor. And this kind of match is a typical mid-card match on any of these. Now, this is a mid-card match, so I'm not shitting on it, but it's a typical mid-card match. This isn't something, if I seen this you match on call any one of those it. shows, yeah, exactly. It'd be like, oh yeah, this is what I expected. Mm-hmm. So I might be a little jaded that way, and that might be why I don't put it as high as I, I would, but that's it's my opinion. I'm allowed to it, I suppose. Sometimes. Next up, we had The Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre with The Shield going over on them in just under 20 minutes. This was a good story. Was it? Um, I wasn't. You didn't present. see it. It was the story was the story was Ambrose and Reigns, basically, and this was a decent match. But what happened uh, about midway through the match was Reigns went for a Superman punch on. Drew McIntyre, let's say. I don't remember for sure, but let's say Drew McIntyre. He moves, and Reigns hit Dean Ambrose. Oh, Bam. shit. Superman punch. Oh, shit. Yeah, you, you called it. It's like, damn. So Ambrose is out. He's out like fucking... Um, he's out like Strowman and fucking <laughs> Hell in a Cell out, where like, he's out for 25 minutes. And it wasn't a 20-minute match. <laughs> no. So they... The rest of them are fighting for a while and all that shit. Anyways, the shield ends up knocking the other three guys out of the ring. But then the three guys get up at the same time and they're on three sides of the ring. And Reigns and Seth are in the middle. And then Ambrose comes up on the fourth side of the ring right behind them. Opposite hard camera, ironically. Ooh. (laughs) And they can't see Ambrose, but we can see Ambrose. And it's like, oh, shit, what's going on? And then Ambrose jumped in the ring and beat the shit out of the Dogs of War and joined his fellow brethren. Then they kept fighting. It's like, okay, yeah, Ambrose is still with them. They kept fighting, did your damn thing. At one point, Ambrose is laid up in the corner on the outside against the guardrail. And here comes Braun Strowman ready to just tackle the shit out of Ambrose. 
And Rand comes in with the spear <laughs> and saves Ambrose's life. Until Strowman moves. And, and spears, no, and speared him straight through the guardrail. Uh-huh. Speared um, Strowman through the guardrail. Okay. And Ambrose is like, oh shit, you saved me. And uh, they end up working together and they end up beating, I don't even remember who they beat or how they beat him, but they ended up winning. And um, afterwards, they all fisted each other, as they do, and said, this is what it's all about. This means everything, as they fisted each other. And fist each other, they did. And so they're still, I, I, I'm almost in the camp of that. They're not going to turn him. Well, you didn't watch Raw. I didn't, I didn't watch Raw, happen? but from what I saw, something happened, and Dean Ambrose walked out. Oh, well they they were they were firmly like together by the end of this. So as far as the storytelling went, this was actually very very good, and this was a pretty good match. The twenty minutes went by just fine. Um, it felt like maybe fifteen. It didn't seem long. It didn't seem short, but it didn't seem long, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Next up, we had the number one contender to the WWE title, Mr. Small Package, as he has dubbed himself on social media, (laughs) which seems like maybe not the best nickname to take, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Mr. Small Package, Daniel Bryan, defeated The Miz in two minutes and 25 seconds. All right, Pasty, we started the show on Conspiracy I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going on conspiracy here. So the week before, Daniel Bryan and Shelton Benjamin accidentally butted heads with a diving headbutt. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Daniel Bryan was not... How do I want to say it? Not physically cleared to wrestle, but WWE was like, we need this match. Can you just... I know you lied to us before about concussions. Could you just have a quick match and just roll Daniel Bryan up? I don't think they would have given them any more time if Bryan hadn't hit that headbutt. You don't think you don't think that a number one contenders match between nope. Daniel Bryan and the Miz should have went more than two minutes? No, nope, because if it did, it would solidify Daniel Bryan winning legitimately and thusly ending the feud. Like we had talked about, if Bryan wins, the feud has got to be over. This way, it can continue. Plus, Brian, I mean, they get the time. Brian is Mr. Small Package, and Triple H gets to wag his big dick around right afterwards. Look at the lineup. This is number nine out of ten. This is the piss break match. It was always supposed to go down like this. Wow, you really think this is the plan from the Mm -hmm. beginning, huh? I did not see that coming from you. Very much so. Wow. Um... I hope it wasn't the plan from the beginning because that's fucking stupid on WWE's part. As you said, I could see Triple H fucking smacking his dong around and doing that, knocking 10 minutes off their match by swinging his dick. Oh, there goes 10 minutes. (laughs) Time to play the game. That's the time travel device we were talking about. Triple H's cock. Every time it swings left (laughs) to right, you lose time. I, I honestly hope that wasn't their original plan. Because if it is, it's stupid. 
Nobody was happy. Everybody was pissed exactly. About it. But that's it. The, the feud can't end there. You know what I mean? It's an easy out. <laughs> okay. Didn't expect that, but I'll buy. I mean, you you defended it very well. I, I understand where you're. Yeah, I didn't from even watch it, and I can draw that conclusion. That's pretty great. Okay. I'll tell you what. Watching it, I didn't expect it. It completely blew my mind when. I went up to get a fucking another beer, sat down, and then then Daniel Bryan won automatically. So next up, we had what? What really? F- okay, Pacey was gonna lose this anyways, but the fact that he picked that this match was gonna lose on a DQ, right. they fucked and me. Then they, they listen to the no show. DQ they're like, "Oh, match. this is the best sounding beef sticks yet. How can we get them?" <laughs> Oh, I couldn't. I just laughed so hard when they said it was a no DQ match. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> pasty pick DQ. <laughs> oh, this son of a bitch. Uh. And you know, like, what the fuck happened? Uh, what the fuck happened? Pasty, I want you to go back. And I, I have this. to. I know I have to. But I want you to go back and watch it to see how fucking awful this may be okay let's put it this way i i listen to dave Meltzer, and i i i I like dave Meltzer. i respect him i disagree with him a lot of Mm -hmm. times but some reason i listened to his recap on this i usually don't i usually don't listen to dave Meltzer's recaps on things i listen to this and two things he said just fucking jumped at me the first thing he said was watching this match reminded me of Hogan versus Piper in WCW, which, by the way, this isn't Melter talking, this is me, WWE called Age in a Cage. <laughs> I should actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up, I'm going to look up what age they were then and what age these guys are now. But he said, except Piper and Hogan had better heat with the audience, told a better story, and worked faster. Oh, fuck. That was bad. He also said, which I would agree with, if this were any other two guys involved in this match, it would automatically be nominated for worst match of the year. Oh, shit. It was a slow, plodding, boring match with very little story at all that's rough i the only thing i saw this match was the pictures wwe put on their website and they made it look good oh that's their job (laughs) and they should you know why why wouldn't you they should that's their job no this was this was bad What, what was the worst thing pasty is undertaker looked awful triple h looked awful kane did almost anything sean michaels the guy who has been retired for how many years looked the best out of everybody good good i like that but sean michaels i would describe him as connor from the ascension in a singles match on superstars that's a bow that's about what it was. Now, the 
one thing I'm going to say personally, I cannot stand one-on-one matches that are no DQ and you know are two-on-two matches. Right, yeah. Because because it's just so, you just don't get a one-on-one match. And this wasn't from the well, very I mean, beginning. Knowing that it's going to go into a tag match at Crown Jewel, I mean, didn't that help a little bit? Well, yeah, but why not wait till the end to to pull that trigger? I mean, this was from the beginning that Sean was interfering. Kane did very little. Kane did very, very little. Um, Triple H got Undertaker. Well, Sean got Undertaker on a table at one point, and Triple H did a Mick Foley elbow off the apron, which was pretty cool. And there was a couple cool spots. Um, oh, uh, what was it? Uh, shot was it Undertaker? I think it was Undertaker was like uh, choking Triple H with uh, cables, like the uh, the telephone cables or whatever like mm-hmm. that. And it really looked like Triple H like really <laughs> got out of that quickly and was like, no, dude, you don't do that. So as we remember, Daniel Bryan got fired for doing that at one right, point. Yep. So I don't know if that was just a miscommunication <laughs> or, or what. That's what happens that when happened you let Mark Calloway point. do a, do a promo or a, a shoot interview <laughs> yeah, by himself. Yeah. He gets confused. This, <laughs> this was, uh, when you think of these four guys, this is probably the worst match you could fucking think of. Just wait for awful. the next one. It was boring. It was slow. It was plodding. And surprisingly, there was very little story told. They they relied more on gimmicks. It was a smoke and mirrors sort of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, here's a table. Oh, here's courts. Oh, and I, I get it. They do that for people that are too old to work it. But at least tell a story. Well, I mean, wasn't the payoff at the end anyway, after the match? Um, Kind of, but even that. So the match ended, and obviously Triple H beat Undertaker, mm-hmm. which I, I assumed would. Triple H must pose. I said Cena must pose. I said Reigns must pose. That's the way it fucking is. Um, and he won, and then they all were, like, celebrating together. But it went, like, awkwardly long to where, yes, you even I got to the point where I was like, oh, maybe Undertaker and Kane aren't going to turn on them. But it just dragged so long that when they finally did it, it was like, oh my gosh. This this whole match from intros to match to the ending was right about an hour. So from a four-hour pay-per-view, a fourth of this match, or a fourth of this pay-per-view... House show. ...were these motherfuckers. Now, think about this, okay? 20 years ago, 1998, the height of the Attitude Era... What would happen if WWE put on a big show that had Bob Backlund and Bruno San Martino versus the Iron Sheik and Boris Koloff in their fucking main event? People would be pissed. What would happen? People would be pissed. They'd be they'd be pissed. That is literally if you go back and follow the timelines, that is what you would have had if you'd have had this kind of match 20 years ago. Mm. Because this, these people were in their prime 20 years ago. And you could argue Sean and Undertaker were big before that. I'm giving them credit by saying 98. I'm, I'm, I'm giving them some leeway. That was more Triple H and Kane than Undertaker and Sean. Undertaker and Sean, you could go back to 96. But let's say 20 years. I mean, who the fuck books this shit, Pasty? Tri- Triple H. 
Triple H books this shit. That's the answer. That's the fucking answer. You were right. That's the answer. The sad thing is, is he's no different than Vince. And these are the same motherfuckers who were dogging on WCW when they had Hogan mm-hmm. versus Piper, Hogan versus it's Savage. It's the old guys. Yeah, the the guys that are the same age or younger at that time than these motherfuckers are mm-hmm. now. No, I love our I love our Facebook profile picture that I threw up there. It's pretty great. Oh, it was fucking great. It was great. They're just they're the old timers getting ready to leave. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, see about that. Ten years from now, I bet it happens again. I wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> honestly. Do you have any? I mean, I know you only watched half of it. Do you have anything more to say about this super showdown? Uh, it was a super letdown. The blunder down was under sadly. was not not worth my time. And thankfully, they build it as a four as a five hour episode. Thankfully, they kept it to four yeah. hours. No, they've been doing good about that lately. Cutting shit. Shorter than it needs to be. It's 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 a good thing. Okay, Pasty. I'm gonna run to the rest. Hey, I'm gonna do the same. All right, we'll get back on this. Again. All right. Colby, give me a soda. Check, check. One, One two. three, four. You're going to have fun editing that. It'll be easy. Oh, I know it'll be easy. No, no, no. You're making it difficult. The more you that. talk, just get back into the show. Ah! Give 10 seconds silence first. It'll make it easy again. Okay. So let's move on to some uh, news, Pasty White. We got a lot of news to cover. Lots of news, and it's actually going to get covered this week. Wow! Well, because if we're going to go along, we might as well just fucking go along like like Ron Jeremy's dong. You know what I mean? Like Triple H's big swinging time machine cock. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. We call it the pendulum. He swings it one way, time changes. Swings it the next, time changes again. Fuck the sledgehammer. Fuck the golden shovel. It's the pendulum. <laughs> That's great. We need to make t-shirts. Daniel, we got so after many this ideas. event, you have to call yourself Mr. Small Package. <laughs> It'll make me seem huge. Right? <laughs> Um, so we got a lot to talk about, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling's King of Pro Wrestling event that went down this weekend, because holy shit, like, the most news in pro wrestling happened at this fucking thing. It's, it's crazy, it's insane, and it's shocking the pro wrestling world. Shock so Pacey, the system. Bullet Club OG expanded like hell over this weekend, getting involved in the Chaos Civil War even. At the October 8th New Japan Wrestling King of Pro Wrestling event, less than an hour after Bad Luck Fale announced that Australian indie star Robbie Eagles is going to be joining Bullet Club OG as the new tag team. So are they calling themselves Bullet Club OG now and not the firing squad? It's It's Bullet Club OG and Bullet Club Elite. Those are like your NWO Hollywood, NWO Wolf. Was firing squad just too far off the mark then? Uh, I think Firing Squad is still, like, a thing. I think it's still a handful of them, but... Okay. That'll probably change, you know. I, I think it's because it was it was a handful of the... Well, because Tamatanga and Bad Luck Fale were the last of the OGs to even exist. Mm-hmm. I suppose they felt they technically owned Bullet Club. That's, that's funny. How can you and, take it... If you're the OGs, how can you bring in new members? You know what I mean? That, you're not well, the OGs no, anymore no, I, if you got a new member. I do understand what you say. hundred <laughs> percent. Why don't you call up some of the guys who went to WWE but, who aren't happy hey, in their contract about, uh, and bring them what back? A, what about um, LAX OGs bringing in um, um, Kingston? They, they they brought him into their uh, thing, so LAX OGs. Now I have Eddie Kingston in their grips. I mean, I guess that's the thing to do. If you're the OGs, you can make your own group, I guess. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah. you're the OGs and you're deciding who actually deserves to be in the group. I don't know. Not my place to say. Well, I mean, I guess. I'm just, I'm just I mean, I guess the if news. the real original gangsters, the street gang, didn't recruit new blood, they'd be extinct by now, wouldn't they? That makes yeah. sense. So, anyways. A huge turn of events followed the Jay White versus Hiroshi Tanahashi match. Jay White began to attack Tanahashi post-match after he lost, only to have Kazuchika Okada enter the ring and save the ace, who, as we have reported through here, is one of his his, his biggest foes. I mean, the Okada-Tanahashi rivalry is up there with Flair and Steamboat and Hogan and Savage. Right. After chasing White from the ring, Okada went to attack White's handler, who is his own former manager, Gato. When Gato's longtime tag partner, Jado, came down and tried to play Peacemaker, Pasty, that's when Bullet Club OG came down and circled the ring. Before coming in, though, and pointing at Okada, they grabbed Gato and Jado as an offering to Okada to recruit the former IWGP champion, 
into the OGs, which would be a huge cue, a coup yeah. for them, right? Yeah. Coup. Coup. I'm saying that, right? Coup. Yeah. C-O-U-P. C-O-U-P. A coup. A coup. be a huge coup. Little deuce coup. All right. You don't know right. what I got. But then, Tamatanga attacked Okada. After laying out Ota- uh, Okada, Tonga and the rest of the Bullet Club called Switchblade back into the ring where Jay White delivered a Blade Runner to the Chaos leader, Okada. Following the continued attack, all three men, Jay White, Gato, and Jado, joined the Bullet Club OG in their salute, which would be the Upside Down Too Sweet. And then they all hugged. The Upside Down Too Sweet isn't doesn't feel very good to do. You do it down, not up. Yeah, I, I get that. Just, like, just put just put your your two sweet up and just rotate your arm completely down to the uh, six o'clock position. I, I get that, but it's not it's not oh. a comfortable maneuver unless it's below your waist. It is below oh. your waist. It's go like go from twelve. Like if the two sweet is at twelve, yeah. just completely rotate down to six. Okay. Okay. So your arm is completely extended straight down, but in the two sweet position. By your knee. It's right by your okay. knee. There so it's go. like the uh it's like it. the circle of three fingers I'm gonna punch you thing. Sure, we'll say that. More happened though at King of Pro Wrestling. They should have just taken that maneuver as their as their their gang sign. <laughs> right. On the way to the ring for his match against Zack Saber Jr., Evil was assaulted by one of his druids that had escorted him to the ring during an Undertaker-esque entrance. Ooh. Now remember, this match was Evil defending Halloween against the Halloween-hating Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> yes, folks, that's a storyline, and I fucking love it. And I can get behind that kind of storyline. That's story good line. writing. That is good writing. But that druid revealed himself to be none other than, could you guess, Pasty? Uh, Chris Jericho? The non-defending IWGP Intercontinental Champion, Chris Jericho, who loves to dress up in masks. Who wouldn't have fucking seen that coming? He loves it, even though he's never defended his IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Brock Lesnar, anyone? (laughs) Now, unhappy with having his match called off, Zack Sabre Jr. proceeded to attack a number of the young lions who were tended to the beaten evil. That attack, though, led to Tiger Hattori, who was a legend of the business, before Los Ingobernobles de Japón leader Tetsuya Naito made the save to protect Hattori. This one event, though, Pasty, sets up two future bouts. One between Tetsuya Naito and Zack Sabre Jr., which should be fucking fantastic. And another versus Evil and Chris Jericho, which should be fucking fantastic. And that match will most likely be for the IC strap for NJPW or IWGP, if you will. Nice. Chris Jericho drops the title to him and goes to Impact. He could. Jericho's been vocal in recent months about his low opinion of Evil. When Evil ran in to save Naito from a previous attack from Jericho, Y2J claimed that Evil needed to, quote, mind his own fucking business and promised that he, quote, holds grudges very deeply, I don't forget, and I don't live and let die. 
dropping some uh, James Bond references for no reason. Live and let die. You know the way you know the way everybody has these business agreements going though. Jericho could easily go to Impact with the he title. could. But speaking of Naito, this ain't the fucking end, man. A lot of shit happened at King of Pro Wrestling. Thanks for telling me ahead of time. He took the opportunity at King of Pro Wrestling to introduce the newest member of Los Ingobernobles de Japón, Naito did. The big screen merely showed the words, The Dragon, as the newest member, took his time entering the ring allowing speculation to continue and anticipation to build before revealing himself to be Shingo Takagi. Now, <laughs> I'll admit that may, that name may not jump out to a ton of people, but Shingo shares a common bond with the majority of Los Ingra Nobles de Japón, having been trained by Animal Hamaguchi, just like Naido, Bushi, Sonata, and Evil, we're all part of LIJ. So this throwback connection makes him an organic choice for the wonderful band of misfits. Although this is his first time competing in New Japan, he is actually a four-time Open the Dream Gate champion, six-time Open the Triangle Gate champion, five-time Open the Twin Gate How champion. How many gates are there to open? A ton of <laughs> gates when you, when you work for Dragon Gate. <laughs> He is also a former GHC, which is Global Honor Crown junior, weight, junior Heavyweight Champion and Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion. And he also competed in global tournaments such as King of the Gate, WXW's 16 Karat Gold, and Pro Wrestling Gorilla's BOLA Tournament or Battle of Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I've heard so of him lot- before, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he's not, you know, he's not big in the mainstream, but like like I said, he's been a little bit of everywhere except the big ones. Other than, like I said, he's been a Ring of Honor tag team champion. So keep I, he's one to keep a lookout for in the future, I would say, for sure. To, to finish up the uh, King of Pro Wrestling, a few other significant matches saw Bullet Club OG represented by Tamatanga, Tamaloya, uh, Bad Luck Fale and uh, Bone Warrior Tajiri Ishiwaro defeating Bullet Club Elite, Young Bucks, Chase Owen, and Hangman. And also Kenny Omega retaining his IWGP title against Cody Rhodes and Kota Ibushi. Yeah. So quite a lot fucking happened on October 8th. I mean, this is... To me, that's the big news of this fucking week. A lot of shit. I love how even when Kenny and Cody are getting along, they can still put titles on the line against each other and stuff. It's it's oh, nice. Of it's Might nice. Well when if you think about it, they're all three, you know, really close. Obviously, Cody right. Ibushi, yeah. part of the Golden Lovers. Cody Rhodes, part of the Bullet Club. Kenny Omega has one foot. I in bet the that Bullet was Club, a really passionate match. I, you know what? I haven't got a chance to watch it, and I made it. I, I made it a point to watch it before we recorded, and I didn't get a chance to watch it, and it bothered me. Uh, but I want to go back and watch this match, if nothing else. 
That being said, I did watch the last of the Mae Young Classic for this round, but we do not have time this week to go over it. So hopefully next week we maybe have time to go over the this round, the quarter final rounds or something. Or something. Yeah. Something. Anyways, how about this, Pacey? We just talked about a super showdown. It fucking disappointed in the ring, but not only in the ring, also in the seats. While WWE advertised that the attendance for Super Showdown was over 70,000 people, that number falls far short of a sellout as the stadium capacity is over 100,000 people. But wait, that's not all. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer is reporting that the actual figure is a lot closer to 62,000. Which is a far cry off from what they had advertised. That is, that is. Now, this is a huge turnout, nonetheless. 62,000, that's a good fucking mm. show, no matter who you are. But it's far from the expected sellout WWE is hoping for a foreign market like Australia. Well, they can't all be Saudi Arabia. Speaking of Saudi Arabia, <laughs> possibly due to the lackluster ticket sales in Australia... A press release was sent out by the company following Saturday's Super Showdown in Australia, which announced a change to what I'm calling the Crown Royal event in November. And it is a major change. Folks, if you missed it before, I'm calling it the Crown Royal because you're going to have to be drunk to enjoy it. Last month, the event, the event was being advertised as taking place at the King Fahd International Stadium, which boasts a capacity of over 68 thousand the wwe press release that was sent out september 18th announcing crown jewel had the arena down as the venue but the latest press release announcing the wwe title match has the king saud university stadium as the venue for the second event in wwe's partnership with the kingdom of saudi arabia and that arena boasts a capacity of only 25,000. Shit. Quite a Less drop. Than That's half. more than half. Whoa. Yeah. Uh. Now, obviously, this came out the day after Saudi Arabia, so I'm not claiming that the Super Showdown happened, and then they said, oh, shit, this sucks. We need to change venues. But as a company, they usually know a month, two months in advance whether it's selling out right, or not yeah. or how their tickets are doing. By that time, there's only a handful more people buying. So it's very likely that they looked at the Super Showdown and said, shit, how many do we got for Saudi Arabia? Shit, it's not a lot. We need to downgrade. I mean, couldn't the Crown Prince just force his people to go? He probably could. <laughs> You know, and as you we don't want to wind up in 12 they... suitcases, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> they got a lot more and suitcases than 12. <laughs> that implies they even have the event there to begin right. with, which we're going to assume at this point, we're going to assume they still are. But yeah. Yeah. Tell them either either go there or you end up in suitcases. I want to know if the offer is still the same for being in a venue of less than half the people. <laughs> You know, I know that there are what they call uh, venues that buy shows. And a lot of time, I, the majority of the time, those are your overseas uh. shows. 
And what they do is they will buy a show and they will give WWE X amount of money to bring a show over for X amount of people. Mm. And if that company can't provide the, or if that place venue can't provide the people, they bite the loss. They're the ones like they paid in advance. Um, my guess is that's what happens here. My guess is Saudi Arabia said, we'll give you X amount of money to come here and put on a show and we'll put you in this place because we're going to get this many people in WWE and Saudi Arabia talked to each other and said, it's not happening. Let's move it down to this place. And they said, okay, my guess is WWE still gets that same money. I don't know. I'm not privy to any of that shit. I just know that that is a practice, especially overseas where people actually buy shows and it isn't WWE's job to fill the seats. It's the promoter's job to fill the seats. Okay. That's my guess is that's what happened here, but I do not know. I do know that that's a common practice. Does that make mm. sense? Okay. Okay. Speaking of foreigners that can fit in suitcases, <laughs> WWE has confirmed that Rey Mysterio's WWE return will indeed take place at SmackDown 1000 Pasty. It's going to be the first time in four years that Mysterio has appeared on an episode of SmackDown. Please let them have the fist and have him jump out of the fist. Please, 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 please. I mean, with everybody fisting each other... And the shield, well, I mean, the shield not? won't be there because it's SmackDown. So, I mean, why not have some good big fisting? You got to have fisting everywhere. And speaking of fisting in politics, WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler Pasty was an attendee at a Trump rally held in Mississippi this week. He was seen wearing a Donald Trump t-shirt sitting right behind Donald in the front row at Landers Center. Now, the Memphis legend told TMZ that he actually got backlash from fans oh, on no, social really? media. <laughs> Say it isn't so. <laughs> and he got hate mail for attending the rally. The king said, quote, we were asked by some people to go to the Vincent rally. and Linda. And I... <laughs> yeah, right? And I went... And unbelievably, he says, received from social media some actual hate mail just for going to the rally of Donald Trump. I like how he can't, can't believe, believe it. Like, it's unfathomable. <laughs> how long has he been in the wrestling business where he gets hate mail for make-believe shit? This is real-life shit, and he can't imagine right. it? Get the fuck out of here. Um... The king was asked then if he thinks Trump would return to the ring once his presidency is over. And Lawler said he wouldn't doubt it as Trump, quote, did pretty good his first time. Which, to be fair, Trump is undefeated if you count him, you know, having somebody else represent him. Oh my god, they have Trump show up in Saudi Arabia dressed as the ultimate warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. 
<laughs> he comes running down with tassels, face paint, and starts shaking uh, the Makes ropes. it about halfway before he's winded and has to stop. <laughs> I am the ultimate Trump. I know I have the largest hands in the land. Watch me shake these tiny ropes with my huge hands. Oh, that's fucking great. Oh, to follow up on something we talked about, uh, uh, maybe not last week, but the last couple of weeks. It might have been last week. I can't remember, Pasty. Impact Wrestling Vice President Scott D'Amore was recently a guest on Wrestling Perspective Podcast. And not Beef Sticks, brief- fucker. No, that fucker. He briefly discussed recent meetings between Impact and WWE officials. He said, quote, Since the beginning of the year, we've done three content deals with WWE. We did the Hardy's documentary deal to supply footage to them. We did a deal to supply footage for AJ Styles and Kurt Angle for the table for three. And we provided footage for Bruce Pritchard's AJ Styles episode on the network. I think that WWE is seeing that this is a different day with Impact Wrestling. And I think maybe on the most minute of levels, maybe they're seeing it's a different day and age in wrestling. There was a meeting, we got together, we talked, and it was kind of like, hey, it's kind of nice to be face-to-face and say hello and just say that it's 2018. (laughs) What a fucking awesome conversation these bastards had. Well, now we're in October. Let's just talk about how great it is to be in 2018. It's easy to say that when you're from Canada and you don't got to put up with the shit we're putting up with here. That is true. Anyways, he says it's a whole different world and there's no reason why people shouldn't communicate. So, that's what that is. Um, that, that's cool. That's cool that we actually heard from Scott Diamore, who was actually in the meeting and kind of has something to say yeah. about it. Good stuff. Only time will tell how far this goes. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it can only be positive. It can only be positive. If they don't do anything, they're going to continue doing what they are. If they continue to grow, then it's going to help both companies grow, I feel. All right, Pasty, I, I literally went back and watched the pay-per-view. And you are right, Samoa Joe is the one that stops, but AJ Styles is the one that actually charges Samoa Joe before they get to the <laughs> yep. ring. Because there's that stare so down, and AJ's right. like flipping his hair and like looking angry at him. Yeah, Samoa Joe stopped before he got in the ring, but he just sat there, and AJ Styles is the one that stops at the front of the ring and then throws all his shit off and charges. He didn't even so. really charge. It was like a walk. No, I'm I'm watching. He okay. literally ran like okay. really fast. I'm 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 literally watching it right now. Cue the he's ultimate warrior music. The he's he's <laughs> punching he's punching Joe and throwing him into the barricade now. Yeah. So yeah, we were both kind of right. You were more right. You were more mm-hmm. right. I thought it was AJ that waited for him, but it was Joe. Like I said, I was half falling asleep through the thing also. But it was AJ that stopped and charged at the guy. Yeah. So. Good. I mean, either way, it's good that they that they made it look 
Passionate. Um, last news passionate of the note. Fisting. <laughs> Sasha Banks was pulled from an appearance on this week's episode of Ridiculousness on MTV. And she was replaced with SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch. Sasha has been absent from WWE TV since early September, pasty, and WWE's kind of keeping quiet about her. She even on the card for Evolution? They said that... No, she's Jesus. not. They said she was injured when they pulled her. Uh-huh. Remember, she was supposed to be with uh, Bobby Lashley and Mix Match yep. Challenge. They like to keep the um, non-whites together, you know? And uh, she was pulled from that, quote, due to injury, but they haven't said anything. So we don't know what's going on. I'd assume she's not long for the company. That's, it's probably I, I the smart way to true, go. It's, it's the smart way to go. I mean, yeah, there's some hope now with Becky Lynch getting the championship finally, but nah. Get out of there. Go do something else where you can make more money and get more screen time and more respect. You deserve it. She does. That's the thing. She deserves so much more than what she's getting now. Uh, I think she could do great in WWE, but if they're not, I mean, if they're not going to let her, you know, let her go back as fucking Mercedes and, and wrestle in the independence. Let her go to Impact. Let her go to Lucha Underground. Let her go to New Ring Japan. Of Honor. Ring of Honor. MLW. Let her go to all these places and make money. She should go to AAA. If Eddie, if Eddie yeah. is her, her like everything, like she says, <clears throat> then she should head that route. She'd probably be well received. She probably. I would. mean, she'll be well received anywhere she goes, and she'll be treated better. Yeah, than WWE yeah, has will. been treating her. Fuck yeah, she will. <laughs> could you imagine her and Tessa Blanchard and Impact Wrestling? Oh my God, they could have great Fuck feuds yeah. together. Oh my God. I can't wait for that. Tessa as the heel and and uh, and Sasha as the face. God, say it isn't so. Another thing you can say isn't so is, Fat Mac. We are at time, not going over. We're we out are of time. At time. It's pretty great. All right. We thought we were going to be super over with this. We managed to get it all into two hours. So with that, I want to tell you motherfuckers, I'm so happy you stuck with us. I'm Pasty White. Get ready for the ride of your life on this cloud style slide because we're sliding you down to the most lubed and ribbed pleasures of your oh, life. Yes. Once more, be sure to check us out on our social media, facebook.com forward slash podcast or on Twitter at bstickscsb. That's CSB as in cloud style broadcasting. And of course... Check out our homies, our big PP of the week, Whiskey Boys Radio, whiskeyboysradio.com. You can find them on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify, plus live weekly on Spreaker. Yes. Give them a like and a listen. Let them know we sent you. Let them know this is working. It's good stuff. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. We'll be back again next week with an all-star studded packed episode of Beefsticks Podcast. We're the kings of pod wrestling!